Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, and welcome into another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. I am your host, Davey Hudson, and I am extremely excited to announce some big news that we have for you here on Believe in Titans. Moving forward, we have a new co host on the show, and that is former Tennessee Titan Denard Walker. I talked with Denard last week, and you can go and listen to that show at Believe.com. I'm really looking forward to getting Denard's take, having someone that has played at the highest level there is, and someone who I know will bring a new insight to the program. Denard, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, David. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. For today's show, we are going to get into the five things you need to know about the Titans this past week. We're going to break down the Titans' first-round pick, Isaiah Wilson, and we're going to get to the Titan-up mailbag. And so to jump right in, the fifth thing you need to know that has happened for the Titans this past week is the Titans have added Monty Austinfort as the new director of player personnel. Austinfort was the director of college scouting for the New England Patriots, so the New England to Tennessee pipeline continues. Austinfort is considered to be a top prospect to take a GM job soon in the NFL. So adding a keen eye for talent is something that should serve the Titans well. Number four, the Titans have added three new players in free agency. They have added defensive back Ibrahim Campbell, who most recently played safety for the Green Bay Packers. He is a five-year veteran and will look to add to the depth of the Titans secondary. The Titans have also agreed to terms with running back Sonoris Perry. Perry will look to be the third running back on the roster. It's also worth noting that he has performed well in special teams roles, so that is also going to help his chances of making the roster. He most recently spent time with the Buffalo Bills organization. And the third player is offensive guard Zach Karen. Karen will be competing for a spot on the interior of the offensive line and look to provide depth at that position. His most recent stop was playing for the New York Guardians of the XFL. Number three, the Titans have declined to pick up the fifth-year option of wide receiver Corey Davis. This should not come as a surprise based off of how much it would cost for the fifth-year option with Davis being a top-five pick in the 2017 NFL Draft. But the Titans have decided to pick up the fifth-year option of cornerback Dory Jackson, who was the 18th overall pick in the 2017 NFL Draft. Neither decision affects the player's contract for 2020, but for Corey Davis to be on the Titans roster after this season, him and the team will have to come to terms on a new deal. Number two, free agent cornerback Logan Ryan announces on Instagram that his time as a Tennessee Titan is done. He posted that the chapter in Tennessee has come to a close saying to the Titans fans, thank you for all the love, the energy and support this past season is what led to an epic run. Unfortunately, the Titans and Logan were not able to come to a deal on a new contract, but I'd like to thank him for his time here, and I do wish him well wherever he lands next. And once again, the number one thing you need to know for the Titans, we do have an update on Clowney Watch. Uh, Jadavion Clowney, after undergoing core surgery earlier this offseason, he did say that whoever I sign with is going to get the best version of me. I know what I got to do to get where I need to get. Also worth noting that he says he has not rolled out a return to Seattle. I've seen some other people report this, and I believe it to be true that once he is able to be evaluated by team doctors, a decision will follow soon after. 
But that is what you need to know that has happened for the Titans this past week. And now we're going to transition over into our main story. And we start the breakdown of the Tennessee Titans 2020 draft class. We will begin with first-round pick Isaiah Wilson, who was selected with the 29th overall pick. Wilson is an offensive tackle who played collegiately at the University of Georgia, coming out of high school in which he played at uh, Poly Prep in New York, in in Brooklyn. According to the 24-7 Sports Composite, the 16th overall player in the country, the fifth-ranked offensive tackle, and the number one player out of the state of New York. And right now, Wilson comes in at six foot six, 350 pounds. So the Titans are adding a unit to that offensive line. And Denard, I know you've, uh, you've been breaking down some film, looking into Wilson. What stands out to you about his game? Well, you got to look at this. He's 21 years old, so he's young. And when you're that young, that means that there's, there's a lot of upside. You know, when I came into the NFL, I was 24 years old. And, you know, the good thing about him is when you have youth, you have inexperience, and you've got a guy that's talented, and you know that he has the physical attributes to be one of the best to play if he continues to develop. And if you're an offensive line coach, you have to be smiling right now because, at least in my opinion, you got one of the best linemen not in the SEC, but in the country at the 29th pick. So you got a guy that could be playing there for a long time, for many years to come. I know the, the big thing that I've noticed with really Wilson, he was a guy that he redshirted his freshman year in 2017, but he started mm-hmm. all 14 games his time as a redshirt freshman. And I feel confident with Wilson because I know he played for the best offensive line coach in the country in Sam Pittman at Georgia. Sam spent some time before he moved on to Georgia at the University of Tennessee. And so I got to watch him develop the talent here. And I know he did the same thing at Georgia. Isaiah Wilson's teammate, Andrew Thomas, was the fourth overall pick this year by the New York Giants. Well, you know you have a good offensive line coach when you got two of your offensive linemen going in the first round. That means that you got two guys that are doing some uh, really big things. But the upside that you love about these guys, it's not the fact that they're physical attributes, that they're huge, but their athleticism, that's something that you can't coach. That's something that you either have, you're born with, or or you don't have it. And that's when you look at his combine, we go back to the 2020 combine, the fact that he ran a 5-2 in the 40 at 350 pounds is, that's almost equivalent like a guy my size running a 4-3-40. That's moving. The thing that I love most about him is his footwork. I mean, you can see it. I mean, when I watch him on film, that's one of the things I look at when I look at a big man that is that big, a 6'6", 350, can he move? And he moves like, I mean, a kid you know, he looks like a running back. He's so fluent. Uh, it looks effortless when he's back there just manhandling guys. And the fact that when you look at Jake Fromm, look at some of the, look at some of the games. Go back to the Alabama game. Go back to the Tennessee game. Nobody touches Fromm. And he plays that right side. And that's, you know, usually you talk about the left tackle because most quarterbacks are right-handed. But the fact that this guy, he can play either side. And you, you talk about he coming in this year in 2020, and he's going to play opposite of Taylor Lewan. I mean, you can't necessarily – I mean, that is a dream come true for Ryan Tannehill. When you're looking at Wilson, I know right now there is some conversation about whether he will be a day-one starter for the Titans. The Titans over the offseason also signed 
Dennis Kelly to a extension. And there are talks that with Kelly being familiar with the system and being a productive offensive tackle that he could, that he, he will start in replace of Jack Conklin who left in free agency. I guess in your opinion, Denard, how ready do you think that Isaiah is to go ahead and be a day one starter in the NFL? That's a good question. Nobody knows until he gets there. You know, it's when he gets in training camp, you know, how does he respond to adversity? We know that Dennis Kelly, he's a nine-year NFL veteran, so he's got that experience. And they just signed him to a three-year, $21 million deal. Mm-hmm. But this is the great thing about, I like to call him Laze. You know, that's his nickname down in Georgia. You love his youth. So what you can do is allow him to sit behind Dennis and not necessarily come in right away and start, but get a chance to get acclimated to the system. When he gets a chance to get acclimated, he'll become more comfortable. When you become more comfortable in the system, then you, can, you don't have to go out there and think. That's, that's what gets a lot of rookies in trouble. And we all can attest to this, is that when you first come in and they throw that playbook at you, it's hard. It's like going from high school to college. You know, it's a different speed. So until he can catch up with the speed of the game, then that's where you're going to see Dennis's experience kind of is going to be over Isaiah's because he's been in the game for a long time. And so he's used to the speed. He's acclimated to the system. And he's a proven veteran. One of the things that I was, having watched Georgia play, their system is a zone blocking system. The Titans also have a zone blocking system. How, how much do you think just already being familiar with that style? And I know it's going to be a little bit different as far as how the teams put everything together. But I, I guess from someone who maybe doesn't know that much about going from a man system to a zone system or vice versa, even though he is staying in the same one, what, what is that like? Well, it's like night and day. See, the greatest thing about what Isaiah, when he comes into this system, is he's going to be doing what he's always been doing. Okay, nothing changes for him. Zone blocking. So you know you got to run it back like you had at Georgia. Uh, Swift, you had Holyfield. You had some guys that can go get it. Now he gets here to Tennessee, same thing. You got a big man. May not be as agile, but he's just as tough running, you know, hitting those edges. And I think when you go into a system where you don't have to change anything, where you just don't have to be man, man on man, mano on mano, and you can do that zone uh, blocking, that continues to allow you to get better at what you've already been doing in the past. So you plug him in there, you allow him to continue to learn, get better, because it changes a little bit. But again, when you talk about blocking schemes, they basically stay the same. It's just every coach is different of how he's going to teach it. But nothing changes for him. So he's basically coming into a system that he's already familiar with. I was listening to John Robinson, and John Robinson had this to say about Isaiah Wilson. He's a big man at 6'6", 350, and almost 36-inch arms. He's a tough guy to get out of the way. He's got excellent power to move the line of scrimmage in the run game, and he's tough to get around in the pass game. Whenever you're looking at, I guess, a prototypical right tackle, 36-inch arms, I believe that's the longest. I think he was 35 and a half mm-hmm. uh, based off the NFL's measurements at the draft combine. How much does the, the length help someone that maybe is coming into the NFL? They might be struggling. I know hand placement's very big for offensive linemen, but if I'm just looking at his measurables, how should that affect, I guess, kind of watching him play? Well, Everybody's different. Now, for a lineman, it's a little different as opposed to a defensive back. Hand link, that that is essential because those guys, this is all they do uh, from the start to the finish is is they're grabbing. They're Mm -hmm. grabbing, they're pulling, you know, but they have to be able to have great 
hand-eye coordination, that's essential uh, in the development of a young lineman because that's all you're going to be doing. If you ever watch a lineman basically practice, they'll spend about 20 minutes just with their hands up. So for a course of 60 minutes, you have to have your hands in a train, literally train to always stay up. And then you have to be able to extend because when you extend, that means you're, you're basically pushing a guy backwards. And that's what you want to see in an offensive lineman. That's where when we talk about bench press at the, at the combines, I want to see a guy how he extends his, his arms and he pushes a guy backwards. That means that you're getting some kind of push. That's what you always hear coaches talking about, push, push. That's what they want to see is can you get those, those hands extended into that defense alignment and can you push him back? Because if he engages in you first, then you're going to go back, and that's something that you don't want. So football in a lot of ways, especially when you're talking about offense and defense alignment, it's like the game of boxing. If I have, if I have my hands in, I got good hand placement, that's everything. But if I can extend, get into him before he gets into me, then that means that nine times out of ten, I win that battle. And that's exactly what they want to see on the offensive side of the ball. I think that's a great breakdown. I, I did want to add the main comment that stood out to me when they were talking with Isaiah Wilson was he wants to break another man's will, and he refers to himself as a mauler. So that is the type of guy that I know I would like to see from a mentality standpoint be blocking for one of the most effective backs in the NFL. Yeah, you couldn't have said it any better. That's exactly what he is. He's a mauler. I mean, he just basically manhandles guys. I was watching a game against Kentucky, and he's on the right side. He's that right tackle. He literally took out about three guys on one block. And that's exactly why they took him at the 29th pick, is that he can basically take one side of the ball and just clear everything out. And for Derek, that's a tremendous upside. I mean, he brings in all of that into your system when you got a guy that strong, that big, that basically you go right behind him. I watched him against Alabama. He just took a defense in, literally, literally like he wasn't even there. Uh, again, zone blocking scheme, basically watched him out. The running back went right through there. I mean, it was the whole look like the Red Sea had opened up. And that's exactly what you want to see from your offensive lineman is, is when that running back hits that hole, is that hole open? You know, how big is that hole? Because the second level to a running back, that's heaven. That's what you want. If I can always get to that second level, then, man, I've, that's what running backs live for. And that's what he's going to bring to this uh, offensive line. He's going to bring that nastiness. He's going to bring that grit. He's going to bring that, that mauler type of attitude that they teach him down in Georgia. That's why they get him so big and strong. Zard, I guess my next question is, whenever you're looking at the Titans' offensive line right now, the one – problem I, I guess last year that there was some concern was the right guard position is there any chance that if the titans feel good with dennis kelly that you could have wilson slide in at guard absolutely the more versatile you are you know the more you can do i mean that equals to longevity in, in the nfl you see a lot a lot of linemen today they make the transition just like you see a lot of tight ends you know move to tackle we've seen a lot of guys that have great athleticism couldn't necessarily make it as a tight end, maybe was a tad too slow, who, you know, and then they moved to that tackle position, put a lot of weight on, and then look what, you know, happens. So now there's a guy in Philly right now. Is it Lance um, Johnson, the starting? He was a quarterback in Lane junior Johnson. college. Lane Johnson yeah. was a quarterback at a junior college, and then he was recruited. To, he got to Oklahoma, beefed up, and now look at him. He's one of the best uh, interior linemen right now playing today. I mean, that's one of the things, too, whenever you're looking at an NFL roster and only being able to have 53 guys active on game day, 
having people that are versatile on the offensive line is usually something that the teams look for because they're not able to have a backup at every single position on that O-line. You usually can have seven or eight guys active. And so, obviously, the more versatile you can be, the better. Yeah, versatility equals longevity in the NFL. The more you can do – I mean, look at the head coach, Mike Vrabel. He played in a New England system. Those guys didn't line up at one position because I actually played in that defense. You have to be able to line up in multiple positions on the field, and you have to be able to compete every time. That's how you play in a Bill Belichick system. That's what you want on your team. You want guys that, hey, even though I draft the corner, sometimes I should be able to move you to safety. You know, we get older, sometimes we lose a step. You look at Rondé Barber, started off great corner at Tampa Bay, and then he moved to safety in the latter years of his career. That's what you want to see in every guy that basically puts on your uniform is how versatile you are. We're starting to see that with, they're talking about Jalen Hurts. Uh, when Philly drafted him, possibly being like they use that, that monster down in New Orleans, play him at quarterback, play him at receiver. So the more versatile, more positions that you can play, it's just better for your team at the end of the day. Yeah, my favorite quote I actually heard all throughout the entire combine was in regards to Isaiah Simmons out of Clemson. And there's been a lot of concern, of, or not concern, but just questions of, is he more of a linebacker? Do you play him at safety? And I think that's a coach's dream is to have a guy who is that versatile because you can be creative. But he just said, if you draft me, you're going to be able to have 56 active players on game day versus 53. Oh, you put it, you, you can't put it any better. The great thing about Simmons is he can play cornerback at 6'3" you know, 200 plus. I think he's like 215, 220. He's not that big of a guy because I actually had a chance to watch him versus Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. And there was times where he's covering tight ends. He's on receivers. You can put him inside. You can put him outside. I mean, that's versatility. That's what they look for. And I tell, I tell guys all the time, the more you can do, you know, more value you add to a team. And that's exactly what a great analogy. So if you're having problems at that right guard position, you say, well, we need to beef this up because maybe – we feel good about Dennis Kelly at our right tackle. We, we know we feel good about Taylor Lewan. So, hey, let's plug him in right now at this right guard position. If we feel like there's a lack of something that we're missing, hey, we might get great value out of him. He's 350 pounds. So, again, if you can play tackle, you probably end up being a better guard. So, I just think the upside with him is because of his youth, because he's so fast and so strong, I think he can play center if he wanted to. It's just a, it's just a mindset. If he's willing to – be receptive to coaching and then if these coaches can get him to buy into not only the system but the team and and the, what we do and say hey do you think we can use you here then I don't know no reason why he couldn't be a pro bowler at playing right guard or left guard wherever they feel like they want to plug him in yeah that, when I'm looking at that line I think they feel good about obviously having Lawan and Saffold on the left side Ben Jones is going to be the center and Nate Davis even though he came on stronger towards the end of last year there were some question marks early on at that spot. So that is something that people are going to be interested to watch. And when you're talking about just position battles, I think that idea of Wilson and Kelly battling out for the starting right tackle position will probably be the most intriguing one uh, to follow this offseason. With that being said, that is going to end our main story of the day. Denard, I appreciate the breakdown there. A lot of insight especially whenever you're just looking at the offensive line, because I, I do feel whenever fans are taking in the game as it happens, that's one of the positions that's often overlooked. I mean, most people just kind of follow the ball. So to be able to know a little bit more of what is going into the guys that are 
in the trenches. Appreciate that insight there. Oh, you're welcome. So we got time for one question in today's Tighten Up Mailbag. As always, if you would like to submit questions to the mailbag, you can email me at dehudson11 at gmail.com, or you can message me on Twitter or Instagram at Davey underscore Hudson. And Denard, uh, what's the best email address for people to get in touch with you if they'd like to send questions? You can send it to denardwalker45 at gmail.com. And, um, and I would love to hear from the Titan Nation. It's been a long time, and the Nashville is a very special place to me. Well, Denard, question for today. Since the Titans did not draft a wide receiver in this year's draft, do you think they will look to sign a veteran in free agency? And in addition to that, which wide receivers are locks to make the roster for 2020? Well, I mean, let's go. You got A.J. Brown right now who, oh, my goodness, I love this guy. He's a physical freak. That's what I like to call him. I've never seen a guy that big, that strong out of Ole Miss. I don't know what they're giving their receivers down there as far as what they're eating how they're lifting, but I, I think he has a chance to be one of the best in the league. You got Corey Davis, who's a monster. Uh, right now, their receiving core is as good as anybody in the league right now. And so right now, I wouldn't do anything. And if you feel you got your one and your two, you know, stick with what you got. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't change nothing right now. These two right now, A.J. Brown and Corey Davis, these guys are going to be locked in for a long time. And with Corey Davis, even though I mentioned at the beginning of the show that uh, the Titans did not pick up his fifth-year option. That does not affect this season. And that is one of the things that I know Ryan Tannehill was talking about, wanting to get more reps in with Corey. And I feel like the questions at quarterback kind of have limited Corey's growth and development. But he is a guy, again, he's, he was a fifth overall pick, so he has the talent. Maybe this will be the breakout season for him. But other guys to watch for, Adam Humphreys, I believe, is a lock. Mm -hmm. He'll be starting in the slot. And in addition to that, Khalif Raymond, I, I would go ahead and mark him down as, as a lock. But after that, that's where I start to have some questions. Maybe Cameron Batson will make the roster, but that's definitely a, a question mark for me right now. But outside of that, I, I think you might look at seeing them bring in somebody else just to maybe compete there. Yeah, you got some guys out there. I know one guy that's looking for a job is Des Bryant. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's hungry, you know, and, yeah. and God, you add – experience you had a guy that's basically he's got a lot of years he's got a lot of experience to bring to a, a young receiving course so why not look that way and, he, and he's looking for a job and he's looking for a team and he's looking for a new beginning so that could be an option they will they probably should explore or just at least look at it and that that question was uh, submitted by connor so connor appreciate you submitting that and that is going to wrap it up for us today we appreciate you tuning in denard loved having you on I'm excited about what we got going forward. And next week, our main story is going to be on second-round pick Christian Fulton, who I, I don't know if there's a better player in this draft for you to break down, Denard, than uh, Christian Fulton. I mean, both you and him played corner at LSU, drafted by the Titans. It's a perfect fit, right? Well, it's a perfect fit in the fact that he went to LSU, and I've, I've already got probably about three pages on him. Everything about him, I, I know his, the way his game I know the way he plays, and I'm, I'm next week I will give it to you why I believe this guy's he's going to be a real deal and a force to reckon with in this league for a long time. Well, Denard, I'm really looking forward to it, and I'm once again very happy to have you on the show. That is going to do it for us today, but remember, 
If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. We are available on all your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And you can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast. And if you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. And I'll leave you with the question. Do you believe in our Titans? Because I know I do. I hope you all have a great day. For Denard Walker, I'm Davey Hudson. You have been listening to Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. And as always, tighten up. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.